want to talk a tiny bit about something that I've been wanting to talk about ever since September, but left it until one of the weeks leading up to the next trailer because I had a feeling we'd need something that'd hype us up, even if only a little tiny bit of hype. Disclaimer, this is a speculation based video, so a lot of what I say in this video is going to be stuff that we don't know yet, but I hope is a thing. Oh, and uh, don't forget to subscribe for more weekly Tears of the Kingdom content on the lead up to the next trailer and for more Zelda content in general. Skymounts feel like something that most people kind of just skipped over after the last trailer. The biggest takeaways from that trailer were the name and the date, and the so-called tears if you read into things like some of us do. But no one really focused on the Skymounts themselves, save for a handful of people. But before we look ahead to Tears of the Kingdom, I think we should look back at air traversal in Zelda games in general. There have been a lot of Zelda titles and the Zelda team aren't opposed to looking back at the old titles in the series and innovating on older ideas to bring something that feels truly brand new. Heck, Breath of the Wild itself was basically just an innovation of the same basic idea of the original Legend of Zelda. So let's take a look back. For a long time in the series, air traversal was pretty limited. The most we could do for many, many years was just jump in the air, and being able to do that with a push of the button itself was a privilege, since we straight up didn't have that option in any of the 3D Zelda games before Breath of the Wild. In the 2D games though, that was a whole different story thanks to Rock's Feather, appearing in Link's Awakening, the Oracle games and Four Swords Adventures, along with its way cooler counterpart, Rock's Cape from Minish Cap. To be honest, there's not that much to say here. The items work exactly how you'd expect. You press the jump button and you jump. Whoopee, I'm, I'm really jumping. As I said before though, the cape was far cooler. Instead of just jumping, you could also glide for a little bit of time, which is exactly why I love the Palace of Wind so much from Minish Cap. It made the boring jumps of old feel at least slightly cooler and gave the item a real reason for existing since I'm sure Link can actually jump. His little legs can't weigh him down that much. Now we get into the 3D games for air traversal as a whole instead of just jumping. It's obvious that Skyward Sword is the first game to discuss here, but I think Wind Waker and Twilight Princess deserve an honourable mention at the very least. You can control animals who fly in the air in both games, so if you've ever played a Zelda game and thought, wow, this game would be way better if I was playing as a bird or a giant twilight monster, then these games are definitely the titles for you. <laughs> Seriously though, at least when it comes to controlling that shadow Kargorok, I do genuinely think that Twilight Princess had some bearing on Skyward Sword though. The idea of flying something like that through a cavern was probably a really novel idea to the Zelda team at the time and might have carried them into the development of the next game. But I'm saying that with no proof, so do not take my word for that. Skyward Sword had full-on air traversal, and this is probably the game that Tears of the Kingdom is going to take most of its air traveling identity from, judging by the thing that we see appear underneath Link at the end of the latest trailer. More on that in a minute though. For now, let's skip to Breath of the Wild. We don't exactly know how much of Breath of the Wild is going to be shared between the two games, but we have confirmation on at least one thing when it comes to air traversal that's similar to the last titles. So let's get into air traversal in Tears of the Kingdom after this awfully long setup. Skyward Sword had you flying on loft wings, giant birds supposedly given to the Hylians by the goddess Hylia. Each person has one bird who they're assigned when growing up. While I don't think we'll have this really personal relationship with our sky mount by the looks of it, which is kind of a disappointment, I do think that these mounts will feel fairly similar to Loftwings. Bear with me though because I'm basing this purely off the fact that Link is on top of the mount so far. In fact, let's go even further and dive into the point of none of us knowing anything. 
As far as we know, this tablet looking thing that seems to spawn under Link might even only glide. We've not seen Link use any sort of traversal to go upwards in the game yet at all. Maybe this is accessed through other means or the worlds are separate in some way. My thought is we probably will be able to go upwards with these mounts, although I also don't hate the idea that those doors Link exits in the name reveal trailer are from a fast travel point unlocked after completing a dungeon. Through completing the dungeon, you're transported to the first layer of the Sky Islands, and there will be a load of layers over the course of the game as we've definitely already seen in the last couple of trailers. The only thing that drives me away from this idea is that the Zelda team went so far in the direction of making Breath of the Wild as open as it physically can be, with virtually everything being completable right off the bat. After the insane sales success of Breath of the Wild even surpassing Mario Odyssey by a very good amount, I can't imagine them thinking about making a game as linear as an old school 3D Zelda game, where you have to complete sections of the game to get all the way to the top of the Sky Islands and completing dungeons is the only way to do that. I think there's a chance we'll be exploring Sky Islands to the very top layer, but I think that if that is the case, they'll likely be ready to explore right off the bat, most likely with some minor load times or slowdown. So that brings us to the possibility of mounts that can travel upwards. I'll try not to stay on this idea for too long because I'm sure even you guys clicked onto the video with this idea in mind, but if it does make sense lore-wise, if I said, it'd be really cool to get the return of the Loftwings. Breath of the Wild pretty much bypassed all of the laws of the timeline by including a bunch of stuff that happened in every single branch of the timeline. So it also wouldn't surprise me if Loftwings are the next target of the timeline breakage if this game doesn't explain its place in the timeline once again. They would be really good candidates to break the hypothetical sky barrier and would make for some good fan service. At that point, maybe we could even have a closer connection to our mounts too. Honestly, who could guess? But in my hypothetical Loftwing version of Tears of the Kingdom, yes, you can name them. Let's talk about some new kinds of sky mounts though if Loftwings aren't the first idea from the Zelda team. We have zero reason to suspect something like this, but you clicked on a speculation video, so it's what you're gonna get, gosh darn it. An animal that I think would work wonders in a Zelda game would be a Pegasus-like creature who's been rightfully changed to fit more into the Zelda universe. Imagine you're riding your horse around on the ground in Hyrule, then after raising your bond level to a certain point with the horse, wings start to sprout from his sides and you're given the ability to fly around with it, making your connection with your horse play a much more prevalent role than it has in past Zelda games barring maybe Twilight Princess. It would feel like you have a great connection with your animal and then you could make that connection even better by flying in the sky with it. As cool as this idea sounds, I'm fully aware that it's pretty much not even going to be a thought in the Zelda team's minds. We'll probably get something like this someday, but I can't imagine it being for a good few years, so I should probably lie that idea to rest as cool as it is in my opinion. But let's move on to the stuff that we've seen and how that could change and how we could acquire these methods of movement in the air. First off, we saw the glider being used in the E3 2021 trailer for the game. Link almost seems like he's flying higher in this shot, so this feels like the short-term answer to flying in the sky. Maybe it will use up a ton of stamina and drop you if you use it way too much, meaning that it's only viable to use when you're getting close to an island, which is a pretty cool idea, especially if some of them are just out of reach of the other mount that we'll be talking about in a moment. I think this glider is likely going to be usable from the very beginning of the game. We don't know how long is going to have passed between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, but it's likely been a matter of months, and in that game the world has been evolving after the destruction and chaos that Calamity Ganon brought to the land. It's not out of the realm of possibility that a new kind of glider for the heroes of the land wasn't one of the first things that they thought might help them, especially for airborne enemies. But I'm pretty excited to find out who's 
designed the glider and who gives us it, especially since the king gave us the glider in the last game. So it kind of has a pedigree to live up to. Now onto the only other method of air traversal that we have confirmed at the moment, and I don't really know what to call this thing. Uh, for the time being and for my brain, my speculative take is that it is a zone isolate that has some amount of magic that allows it to levitate, much like something like the magic carpet in traditional media. If it is a Zonai Slate or a Magic Slate in general, where could this have come from? Now this is a very interesting question. If it is the Zonai, then you'd expect it to come from the Farron region and would have been a sacred piece of their history. I would go as far as to say, in my opinion, that the dungeon opening that was hinted at the end of the 2019 trailer for the game could be the opening dungeon for the game and could serve as this title's great plateau, quite literally keeping you into the dark until later, giving you a fairly large cavern to explore, showing us a new style of dungeon. The Great Plateau was great at giving us a beginner area for the stuff that we'd never seen in a Zelda game before, a wide open world and being able to do a ton of stuff. In essence, if dungeons are completely changed from past titles then I'd expect they would want to show that in the opening areas of this game too, though I could just be letting this idea run through my mind so maybe this does sound dumb. Point is though, at the end of this Zonai looking dungeon we could be teleported to the Skylands above and in turn the overworld opening up the whole world to us and awarding us with this flying slate, which is a really weird thing to say. Pieces of slate should never fly. And finally, what if the slate is from anywhere else? I'd probably expect it to be a gift from the scientists or something of that nature, but the slate using ancient magic seems far more likely in my opinion. Could easily be wrong though, so guys, let me know. What do you think of these ideas? Do you like them? Do they stink? Let me know in the comments and give me some of your own ideas since we're all human. Subscribe for more content on the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom's release since every week until the next trailer is going to be themed around this game now and like the video if you enjoyed it. Do not forget that the fourth episode of Triforce Trivia will be live five hours after this video goes live, so get ready for that. Thank you all to my amazing patron supporters as usual and you members, with an extra special thank you to Sumji and Jared Whedon as usual. You make my world turn, thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you all next week. Please do stay safe.